Welcome to First Mover, presented by Underdog Fantasy. We're live, as I mentioned on the stream before uh, that little intro. We're going to begin this show with a victory lap. I don't do a ton of the, the big victory laps on this program, but we're, we're going to kick it off with one. It's going to be the process behind Sony Michelle and why I had him as a an RB1 in my projections in, a, in the rankings, why I made a big tweet all about how Sony Michelle is an RB1. Doesn't matter. Henderson, active, not active. You need to fire up Sony Michelle for week 13, and he had himself a day. And Matt and I actually uh, talked earlier because he was asking me why I was so fixated on Sony Michelle for week 13. And he was like, oh, that Sony Michelle did really well. But why don't you elaborate on your process unless it was just a pure hot take? And it would have been fun if it was a pure hot take, but there was a real process behind Sony Michelle. I will explain. There were three, I repeat, three components that went into this as to why Sony Michelle was a smash. Component number one, Darrell Henderson. Wednesday, did not practice. Thursday, did not practice. Friday, limited. So Michelle, he's getting the first team reps. Henderson, uh, barely practicing. Number two, they're facing Jacksonville. It's an easy win. Did, did, I mean, the spread was like 12 points in Rams' favor. Did anyone, they were in LA. Did anyone even think Jacksonville had a puncher's chance in this one? I certainly didn't. So there's just no need to push Henderson to his limits, let him recover from whatever his injury was. I forget exactly what it was, some some kind of lower body injury. Now, the part three, and this one is super important, and that is there was, there's no running back depth in Los Angeles. The Rams have nothing. So what was behind Sony Michelle? Because we know it's Henderson and Michelle. Well, uh, as you all know, obviously, uh, so sad. I still think about it sometimes. It makes me sad. Cam Akers, he's tore his Achilles. It's okay. Other running backs on the roster, though. Jake Funk, torn hamstring out for the season. So we've got Akers and we got Funk out of the picture. Buddy Howell, thigh injury. He went on IR Friday, December 3rd. More people should have been talking about this because that's just one more depth piece gone from the running back room. The next man up was, uh, I, I'm actually not quite sure how to pronounce his name. Mekai, Mekai, Meki, Sergeant, M-E-K-H-I, Sergeant. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Meki, Mike. He's a 2021 undrafted free agent. He's 208 pounds. He ran a 474. The guy is a, oh, he's a small plotter. Not very productive on the ground in college. Not a strong pass catcher. He played in eight games his final year at Iowa at 23 years old. And Mikai Sargent had 76 carries in those eight games. So under 10 carries a game. And how many receptions? He had one reception. Gross. This is not the guy that you want to have to rely on. So why push Henderson if he's already injured? Just give the start to Michelle. Let Henderson recover. I couldn't believe there were people out there touting Darrell Henderson. Even saying, uh, you can check my Twitter timeline. I... I have some nice little uh, screenshot receipts of Adam Azer, big, big, big analyst at CBS, who was recommending that you should start Darrell Henderson, even put out a poll that was, uh, should you start Devin Singletary or Sony Michelle? I couldn't believe it. And this was right before the games kicked off on Sunday. Sony Michelle was a smash RB1 for the three reasons that I mentioned. And I think that's important because sometimes you're like, oh, I don't know how to handle these injuries. I've got a hunch this way or that way. But there were these three reasons that I was very confident in as to why Sony Michelle was going to get all the touches against the Jaguars, which he did. Darrell Henderson was 
quote-unquote active. He was active on game day. No touches. I haven't looked at our game charters yet, but I imagine Darrell Henderson didn't even play a snap. Cody's in the chat. He might he might be able to say whether or not Henderson even saw the field. I don't even think he saw the field. And I played a lot of Sony Michelle and DFS as well. Unfortunately, the field was sharp. The field played a good amount of Sony Michelle as well. But I wasn't quite sure how popular Michelle would be. You just never know with risk aversion and what people think about that. But it reminded me a lot about uh, when I played Gronk around a month ago. It was the game that Gronk played five snaps and then he had back spasms and exited. And then I, I just thought, when will when will I ever get to play Rob Gronkowski at 4K in DFS when the rest of the field is not playing Rob Gronkowski? I played a lot of Rob Gronkowski that week. He played five snaps, zero fantasy points, crushed my lineups that had him in it. With Sony Michelle, though, I thought, you know what? We're doing it again. We're playing a lot of Sony Michelle. I don't think Terrell Henderson's going to get much, if any, work. He's only 4,300 on DraftKings, 5,300 on FanDuel. And I thought if Darrell Henderson were ever 4,300 on DraftKings against Jacksonville, I mean, I'd be jamming him in at least half my DFS lineups. And I use that level, that line of thinking to go, okay, Sony Michelle is going in a lot of my DFS lineups this past weekend. Now, another guy that I want to talk about, oh, Cody just said, Zero snaps for Darrell Henderson, 97% snap share, Sony Michelle. What a smash. Love it. Now, one more guy that I want to discuss is Josh Jacobs. So even before the Drake injury, Kenyon Drake broke his ankle out for the season. It's really unfortunate, honestly. I thought uh, Drake, it was kind of fun to see how long his career would last because he'd always kind of been like a change of pace, seemed seemingly underutilized in Miami. He had that that breakout half season with the Cardinals, which led to that uh, kind of bloated one-year contract with the Cardinals where he kind of underperformed. Was excited to see how Vegas would use him. It's unfortunate. Season's over. But I would say probably his career in the NFL is over too. I believe he's 27 and a half, 28. So if you're in that range, you break your ankle, probably done. Now with Jacobs, even before I knew Drake was injured, it's week, thir- it's week 13 rankings projections time. I had Jacobs as a, a low-end RB1 for week 13. And you might have also noticed Jacobs was starting to rise a little bit in the dynasty rankings even before the Drake injury happened. Josh Jacobs, rookie year, he had two targets a game. Year two, Josh Jacobs had three targets a game. Year three, this year, before week 13, when he had nine targets, before the week started, he was still averaging four targets a game. So two targets a game, three targets a game, four targets a game. We started to notice he starts to go up a little bit in the dynasty rankings. He's not even 24 yet. He's getting a little bit of a role expansion. And the routes compared to Kenyon Drake, they'd also been rising prior to week 13. And why I mentioned on a couple podcasts last week that Josh Jacobs didn't have a 20 fantasy point game this year yet. Weeks 10 through 12, the routes. Josh Jacobs ran 17, 19, 26 routes. Drake, Kenyon Drake ran 8, 6, and 4. So we're looking at an average of 21 routes a game for for Jacobs and about 6 for, for Kenyon Drake. So right now you might see some dynasty services. They're freaking out. They're realizing Josh Jacobs has some more upside now. We should start to bump him up because of the Drake injury. And I mean, of course, Jacobs is going to get boosted in our own dynasty rankings as well. But it's important to note that this process began a couple weeks ago when we started slowly raising his lifetime value rating on Player Profiler. Check out our Dynasty rankings. 
And I think that's really important to note that, yes, of course, the, the gut reactions are easy. Kenyon Drake injured, Josh Jacobs, boop, pump him up in the dynasty rankings. But that role change looks real. And that's why, who's the next guy up there? Probably, I don't know, is it Jalen Richard's going to get some more, some more touches? I don't know. He's a pass catching back, but that's why I'm not particularly concerned. Josh Jacobs had already been carving out the pass catching role in Vegas. Now, one more. Uh, this one, I'm really passionate about this part. I have to say, people still are not stacking enough in DFS. I'm still seeing a lot of very lightly correlated lineups. And I believe, uh, oh, we'll pause for a second. Cody, Cody is green. Cool. Cody also, Jalen Richard, the pass catcher with Peyton Barber mixing in a couple carries. But yeah, do I think Jalen Richard is going to be the nuisance to Jacobs that he'd been in prior seasons? No. All right, back to stacking in DFS. So week 13, I think it's so instructive to really drive home the point that you have to be heavily stacking to do well in DFS. And let's just get right into it. Let's just talk about the quarterbacks who had over 20 fantasy points in week 13 so far. I'm recording this about an hour before Monday Night Football, but I think it's safe to say Josh Allen and Mac Jones with this weather are both uh, less likely than most other quarterbacks to hit 20 fantasy points in this contest. So here's the 20 plus fantasy point quarterbacks from week 13. We've got Kyler Murray, who had about, he had 30.8 fantasy points. No strong receiver performances, very strange game, barely any passing yardage, two rushing touchdowns. Connor had a touchdown reception. He was the RB11 on the week, 19 fantasy points. Overall, pretty weird, right? Kyler Murray, Josh, your example sucks. You start off with Kyler Murray, the overall QB1 on the week, and there's no stacking partners. What are you doing, dude? Pause. All right, all right. Let's look at the other seven quarterbacks now, because sure, we missed one. Kyler, great. Wait, wait. What were you going to do? Play naked Kyler Murray in DFS and then run it back with David Montgomery? That was a good play. Were you doing that? Because in hindsight, that was the move. I can pretty much guarantee nobody out there was like, I want to play naked Kyler Murray with David Montgomery. So let's move on to lineups that you could have actually made. And that using the lineup genius from the our DFS optimizer, playerprofiler.com, check out our DFS module, then you would be able to see that we're trying to guide you towards stacks. That's why if you team sort on the main menu and choose your quarterback, we float the stack and run back options towards the top for you to kind of guide you and say, hey, when you're including players pre-optimization, here's some good players to include. And also note, as I mentioned this on the big tilt, uh, you can now edit your DFS lineups from our optimizer post-optimization. So you optimize a lineup and you go, oh, you know, I want to swap the defense or I want to swap the run back to the other guy. You can now late swap post-optimization and still favor and upload those lineups. It's one of the coolest new features we've rolled out. We got more features coming out for the DFS Dominator for week 14 and you're just going to have to wait and see what they are. I'll talk about them on the big tilt when I record with Mike Randall on Friday night. Anyway, Kyler Murray, bad example. Okay, fine. The the non-stackers got one. QB2 on the week, Brady. Tom Brady, 29.6 fantasy points. Other Buccaneers that also, this is, I'm sure this is random chance, right? That Brady does well and some other Buccaneers do well. We shouldn't be stacking and putting in other players from the Buccaneers with Brady, right? All right, Uncle Lenny, who's just 
He's going to be moving up in the rest of season rankings, by the way. I mean, how do you not at this point, rest of season, have JT RB1 and then Eckler and Fournette kind of jostling for the RB2, RB3 spot? It's probably those three guys up there, right? Anyway, we got Lenny, RB5 on the week, 22 fantasy points. Godwin, wide receiver 3 on the week, 30 fantasy points. Mike Evans, wide receiver 18 on the week, 17 fantasy points. Rob Gronkowski, tight end 3, 22 fantasy points. QB3 on the week, Herbert, 26.3 fantasy points. Eckler, RB13 on the week, 17 points. Keenan Allen, wide receiver 7 on the week, 22 points. Guyton, wide receiver 14 on the week, 19 fantasy points. Mike Williams, wide receiver 20, 16 points. Then we had Taysom Hill, who does his damage on the ground. 24.7 fantasy points, but still, Deontay Harris, 20 fantasy points, wide receiver 10 on the week. Matthew Stafford, the next quarterback, he was the, the QB5 this week, 24 fantasy points. Sony Michelle, RB7, 22 points. Cooper Cup, wide receiver 5, 27 points. Van Jefferson, wide receiver 19 with 16 fantasy points. Do you notice a pattern? Very often, there's two to four guys that also get there with the quarterback. Zach Wilson. He had 22 fantasy points. And Elijah Moore was the wide receiver 9 on the week with 21 points. Jared Goff, the QB7, 20.9 fantasy points. Amon Ross St. Brown, the wide receiver 6 on the week with 25 points. And TJ Hawkinson, the tight end 4 with 15 fantasy points. Finally, the last quarterback, over 20 fantasy points, was Kirk Cousins. Alexander Madison, RB8, 21 fantasy points. Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver 1 on the week. 36 fantasy points, and Tyler Conklin, tight end six on the week, 13 fantasy points. Whew. Stacking your quarterbacks allows you to make fewer decisions. When I play Brady in my DFS lineups, I'm always double stacking him because when he gets there in DFS, there's usually two, three, uh, this past week, four players on that team who also get there. We had Fournette, Godwin, Evans, Gronk all get there. I mean, who, if you had to choose the four best players to play with Brady, it would have been uh, Lenny, Godwin, Evans, and Gronk. The Buccaneers are too easy to stack. So if you, if Tom Brady's not in your quarterback pool every week, you're a DFS sucker. And I mean that. Stacking allows for fewer decisions, fewer places to be wrong. When I put Brady in my DFS lineup, I've already taken up three of my nine slots. That's 33% of my lineup is already done. Just Brady Evans, Brady Evans, Gronk, Brady Godwin, Gronk, Brady Fournette, Godwin. You can you can just spit out a few combinations of double stacks. If you just hit those double stacks that involve Fournette, Evans, Gronk, Godwin, you're probably making money on that lineup. Because basically every other week, Brady's getting there in DFS. If you're double stacking him, then every other week, you're pretty much guaranteeing that you're going to have a lineup making noise in a major tournament. Now, before we dive into week 14... Note that uh, this week, I have a underdog fantasy player prop guide. I've been mentioning it for weeks. It is finally ready. I sent it off to the editing team. We're going to be releasing that very soon. And it's really going to help all of you out there with underdog fantasy, the strategy behind it, understanding what it takes to be profitable playing those pick um games. And after you read that guide, you're going to be very tempted to be playing some underdog fantasy if you haven't signed up already. And if you haven't signed up, promo code UNDERWORLD gets you up to a $100 instant deposit match for new users. Check out that Sophomores Juniors tournament that I've been talking about for best ball. Play some pick'em games. 
Every single week, you can draft a team, and it's kind of like a DFS contest. So week 14, got some very fun games to stack. You're, you're going to have the, the snake draft, and you can hyper-target players from a couple teams and enter it into that snake draft DFS tournament. Underdog fantasy. All right. Week 14, we got four teams on by the Eagles, Colts, Dolphins, Patriots, not on the slate, not playing. We do have 11 games on the main slate, though, for DFS. We've got the Cowboys at the Washington football team. 48 and a half point game total. Dallas favored by about four points in this one. Definitely like the the Cowboys side of this. I don't think Hineke's a, don't think he's a great play this week. Uh, might have some Hineke in my quarterback pool. It's pretty early, but definitely going to have Dak. The football team is the worst secondary in the NFL right now. They're allowing them basically the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. You're going to want some Dak Prescott this week. Also, uh, Amari Cooper should be fully healthy. No snap count. It's just, there's a lot of good stuff going on right now. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Zeke, but he has 10 days because of Thursday Night Football. So we'll have 10 days rest before this game. Big things for the Cowboys offense. Now we've got the Falcons at the Panthers. 43 point game total. Panthers favored about a field goal. Not a great looking game. Might uh, I might just keep going back to the well because I hate myself and play another uh, five to five, five, seven Matt Ryan lineups, just a very consolidated offense. It's Ryan, it's Patterson, it's Gage and it's Pitts. Nobody else of consequence there with the Panthers. Uh, it's going to probably going to play assuming he's the starter, which it seems like it probably going to play a little Cam Newton, DJ Moore, skinny stacks, not necessarily the best quarterback to double stack. Probably going to have a little bit of cam just cause he's inexpensive, but don't love it. Next game though, Seahawks at the Texans. 42-point game total, very low. Seahawks on the road, favored by over a touchdown. However, gonna have Russell Wilson stacks. I'll keep going back to the well on Russell Wilson. We have a nine-year track record of him being awesome in fantasy. And I'm gonna talk about why his stat line should have been higher in just a little bit. Next, we have this game. It's gonna be, I think this one's just gonna be kind of like a bloodbath, not really in a good way for fantasy. The Ravens at the Browns, divisional game. A lot of playoff implications here. Only 42 and a half point game total. Browns favored by about two and a half, just under a field goal. Just, it's not a great game environment. Neither offense has looked very good recently. We'll probably have a little bit of Lamar in my quarterback pool just because uh, he's cheaper this week. And I I still believe, but just not a great game environment. Next one, another uh, bad game environment. Don't worry, there's a few good ones coming up, but it's uh, the Jaguars at the Titans, 44 game total. Titans favored by nine and a half. I mean... The problem that I see with this one is, do I think Tannehill can have a decent game? He probably will, right? Uh, it's the Jaguars. But Tannehill's tough to stack. Who are you, I mean, Nick Westbrook, Keen? A kind? I don't know. Uh, you're going to throw Dontrell Hilliard in there? You're going to put one of those tight ends or those other receivers? I just don't love these stacking options. So even if I think Tannehill's has a good chance to hit 20 fantasy points in this one, it's just not, it's, like I said, the whole point of stacking is you minimize what you need to get right. I just don't even know who to stack Tannehill with necessarily, and that's worrisome to me. When there's other quarterbacks on the slate that I do know who to stack with and who should be in more back-and-forth higher-scoring matchups, like Vegas at the Chiefs. Rematch of what was a pretty fruitful fantasy performance for the, the Chiefs, especially from a few weeks ago. 48.5-point game total, Chiefs favored by 9. Do you remember that game? I talked about it. Basically, everyone got there in DFS. Daryl Williams, huge game. Kelsey, Hill, huge games. Byron Pringle even got there. 
Mahomes threw, I think he threw five touchdowns in that game. Yeah, it's definitely a game I'm looking at. Raiders offense competent enough to help sustain the shootout. Definitely a game I will have heavy exposure to. We've got the Saints at the Jets. 43 and a half game total. Saints favored by about six. Uh, probably have a little Taysom Hill. He's cheap. Tough to stack. Maybe I'll have naked Taysom Hill. I'm not quite sure. And then just hyper-correlate elsewhere, potentially. It's tough. Because the thing with Taysom Hill was he wasn't even really getting there in fantasy. It was that like 75 or 80-yard uh, weird slant pass that he threw to Deontay Harris at the end of the game that he housed. That's why Deontay Harris had a big stat line. That's why Taysom Hill had a good stat line. Remember, Taysom Hill had four interceptions in that game. So I think with Hill, probably the rare quarterback where maybe you throw in a little Callaway or you throw in a little Traquan stack, but I think you could probably just leave it and just play some naked Hill against a terrible Jets defense. Next, we have the Lions at the Broncos. Just say no to uh, this game, kids. 42-point game total, Broncos favored by eight. I, I just do not like a whole lot about this game. Yeah, I just, I mean, the the Broncos defense is probably good enough to hold back the, the lowly Lions. The Broncos offense just doesn't really generate fantasy points for anyone except Javante Williams when Melvin Gordon is out. And it looks like Gordon will probably be playing in week 14. Next, we have the Giants at the Chargers. 45 and a half point game total. Chargers favored by 10. Let's fire up some Herbert double stacks just like last week. Like I said, the Williams salary came down last week, which was fun. So we could just cram in Keenan Allen and Mike Williams into DFS lineups. Those lineups did pretty well this past week. A little tough to run it back. You might just throw in Saquon or something or go no run back. We'll have to see as the week progresses what's going on. It looks like Jake Fromm might be getting the start. Signed him off of Buffalo's practice squad. Daniel Jones next strain. Still can't take contact. Mike Glennon concussion. All bad for the Giants. Not a game that I want too much Herbert in just because of this gross game environment. But going to have a little bit of exposure. Next, this one, another fun game, which is the Niners at the Bengals. 47.5 point game total. One of the higher totals on the slate. Bengals favored by one and a half, which means it's basically a pick 'em, and I like that. I like the very, uh, very narrowly, uh, they're evenly matched teams, narrow spread with uh, this one. Really like Joe Burrow stacks. We'll talk about that a little later. A, this is a good game to stack. We saw the big game from Kittle. Could be an Ayuk week. Mitchell's total bell cow, especially if Debo misses this week as well. Just such a consolidated offense on both sides. Easy to stack and run back. And then finally, potentially the game of the season so far. I've said that a couple times now. I mean it once again. We just keep having a new game of the season every three to five weeks. It is the Buffalo Bills at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, Josh Allen versus Tom Brady. My goodness. 52 and a half point game total. Buccaneers favored by a field goal. We're going to be stacking that game, right folks? All right, on DraftKings at the top, we got Patrick Mahomes, 8K versus Vegas. Great play. Josh Allen and Tom Brady, 7,800 for Allen, 7,600 for Brady playing each other. Going to have heavy exposure to this game. Double stacks all day. Lamar Jackson, 7,400 at Cleveland. The price came way down and he still has some great weaponry. So going to be going back to the well with Lamar. He can't just keep having duds, right? I mean, also like if, if he gets there in DFS, it's probably due to three players, Hollywood Brown, Mark Andrews, and maybe Rashad Bateman. Though even with Bateman, his snap counts lowered, his production's lowered recently, and the, the Lamar double stack sitting in your lap is really 
Marquise Brown, and Mark Andrews. Just pair him up with Lamar. See what happens. Justin Herbert, only 7,100 against the Giants. I think the Chargers just dominate this one. There's going to be a lot of scoring. The Chargers are not really a team to kind of uh, pump the brakes. I mean, we've if you've watched any Chargers game this year, it's a fast-paced team. They pass a lot in any and all game situations, like Herbert. And then we got Dak Prescott, 6,700 at Washington, the worst secondary in the NFL. Fire up Dak Prescott. A little lower, we got Russ. Russell Wilson, 6,600 at Houston. He's hovered close to 20 fantasy points the past two weeks. And if everything clicks again, finally, for this offense, watch out. Remember, we've got this nine-year track record of Russell Wilson being good in real life and for fantasy. Also, he would have had three passing touchdowns in week 13, well over 20 fantasy points, but Gerald Everett bobbled a touchdown pass, an obvious touchdown pass that then became an interception. Next, I like Joe Burrow, 6K versus the Niners. It's a bad secondary, but a decent run defense. We've got Derek Carr, 5,900 at Kansas City. This is a, it's a great spot for him. As I've mentioned several times on this podcast, from work that we have done this past off season, thanks to one of our analytics interns, Neil Gupta, we collaborated and we found that when a quarterback is projected for a lot of fantasy points, this is naturally going to raise the floor and ceiling of the other quarterback. It's very likely Patrick Mahomes, he's projected for a lot of fantasy points. He's probably going to score a lot of fantasy points. And that means Derek Carr is going to have to keep the Raiders offense moving. Probably a lot of pass attempts from them. Raises the ceiling and the floor of Derek Carr. Good play, 5,900. Next, Taysom Hill, 5,600 at the Jets. Yeah, probably some naked Taysom Hill. You might be saying, oh, Josh, please recommend Deontay Harris, the situational gadget guy. He had that long touchdown. DUI out three games due to suspension. No Deontay Harris. Now we've got Taylor Hineke, 5,500 versus Dallas. I think he's in play as well. Could be a high-scoring one. Dropping a little lower. I like Cam Newton, as I mentioned before. 5,400 versus Atlanta. Atlanta's defense just so bad. On FanDuel, Josh Allen's the highest-priced quarterback, 8,800. We've got Brady, who's QB4 at 8,200. And Lamar at QB6, 7,900. I don't know. I'd probably uh, center my quarterback pool with Allen and Brady Lamar pretty heavily featured on FanDuel. Running back, our man Austin Eckler is at the top of the salary on DraftKings and on FanDuel. It's pretty exciting for him. Good for Eckler. 8,300 versus the Giants. And as you may have heard, if you haven't heard, now you've heard, we are partnered with the Austin Eckler Foundation. So you can go to playerprofiler.com, scroll down to the bottom, and you'll see at the footer, you can click the Austin Eckler Foundation logo, and it takes you to a place if you want to watch a little video Austin made, if you want to donate. What we are working towards for this season, we're collecting some money via donations, and this is going to go towards football programs in the area near the kind of the Inglewood area where the Chargers play, lower income area, and it's we're going to help purchase some new football gear for a lot of the students there because what's a great way to keep kids out of trouble as they're growing up, especially ones with difficult home life situations? It's by keeping them in organized sports activities, developing friendships, learning how to be part of a team, playing football together, and this type of uh, regimented after-school program like playing on the football team is so helpful for so many individuals. And I mean, who if anyone knows it better than anyone else, it's Austin Eckler who knows how the sport of football can change your life and keep you on an incredible path for your life. Austin Eckler Foundation, check it out. At running back, we go down. 
I do believe Alvin Kamara returns in this this week, week six, week 14. 7,900, he's facing the Jets. I know people are probably not going to play him because they're worried about Taysom Hill. I think against the Jets, who have just been absolutely dreadful against any and all running backs, just a terrible defense to begin with, probably going to have to play some Kamara. He could have three, four touchdowns in this one. Next, uh, Leonard Fournette, 7,400. He's never ex- expensive enough facing Buffalo. Just you, you have to play Leonard Fournette every week in DFS. And he's viable in those Brady stacks because, uh, spoiler alert, Leonard Fournette has more receptions than any other running back in the NFL. He's a great guy to pair with Tom Brady. Elijah Mitchell is another guy that caught my eye. 6,700 at the Bengals. 20 or more carries the past three games. Eight catches over his past two games. Total bell cow. DeAndre Swift at Denver, 6,600. If he plays, going to play some DeAndre Swift. Just such an incredible role when he's healthy. So we'll see. I don't believe he's going to get shut down. It seems like those rumors are dying out. So we'll see when he returns. Could be week 14. And then if McKissick's out again, I mean, hello, Antonio Gibson, 6K versus Dallas. You want a natural run back for your Dak Prescott stacks? It's Gibson. We got Saquon Barkley, 6K against the Chargers. He had 11 carries and nine targets from Mike Glennon this past week. Like I said, the non-mobile quarterback was going to be good for his usage. The fantasy points just haven't been there, but how can you fade a guy that's going to be getting 11 carries and nine targets at only 6,000 with Saquon Barkley's explosiveness? Going to play some Saquon each week. We've seen him flirt with 30 fantasy points this year. Just, it's really tough to say no to Barkley when there's just no other weapons there. He's going to be a featured part of this offense. And it's not like the Chargers have been world beaters against the running backs this year as well. Another guy I like is Josh Jacobs, 6,200 at the Chiefs. I mean, I already talked about him in the intro. Josh Jacobs, you're getting, there's no Kenyon Drake, total bell cow, 6,200 in what should be a high scoring affair against the Chiefs. Then we got Chuba Hubbard, 5,900 versus Atlanta. Looks like he's going to be the lead back. Let me pull up Abdullah. What was his? So Abdullah, he's 4,800. I also think he's viable just in case they go more pass heavy with their game plan against the Falcons. But I'm a little bit worried Cam Newton, not really the, the most check down heavy of quarterbacks. So probably leaning Chuba, 5,900 versus Atlanta. I also expect Melvin Gordon to return for Denver. Not interested in Javante if Gordon suits up. Devonta Freeman, he's 5,700. Haven't mentioned that name before on a podcast, but wow. Uh, you look up Devonta Freeman, 10 or more carries the past five weeks, 17 targets in that stretch, including two games out of the past five with six or more targets. And he's had two games of 20 fantasy points the past five weeks. So uh, yeah, Devonta Freeman looking uh, like not the worst option for DFS. We've got Cody in the chat. He's mentioned him on Undercovered Ops as well. And yeah, like the role is, it's not half, it's not half bad. He's got some good matchups coming up this week against the Browns, just a game that I'm not super interested in. So lower, lower game total could be kind of slow. Could just be Devonta Freeman ramming the ball 15 to 20 times and getting his, uh, getting a few targets in this one. So 5,700. It's too early to know exactly what Tennessee's doing with their running backs, but I am monitoring Dontrell Hilliard at 5,300 and Deonta Foreman at 5,100 against Jacksonville. I'm not really sure what's going on. Let me double check quickly. We're live double checking. Okay, it's like I thought. McNichols is not on IR. He can return for this game. Just not sure what's going to happen, but probably going to want a little Titans exposure against Jacksonville with some running backs. Great game script incoming. FanDuel, we got Eckler at the top, 9,200. We've got, uh, I mean, we're chasing touchdowns on FanDuel. I like Fournette. He's in such a good offense, 7,600. 
Josh Jacobs, 7,100. Don't forget about him. And then on FanDuel, I like Tony Pollard at 6,100. It's kind of a dart throw. I don't think Zeke's going to miss the game, but in case Casey's highly limited again, throw in some Pollard, 6,100. All right, let's turn to wide receiver. DraftKings at the top, we got Tyreek Hill, 8,500 versus Vegas. Good play. Should be game stacking your receivers, but a few standalone receivers I also, that caught my eye. Jamar Chase, 6,900 versus the Niners. The price keeps going, keeps going down. He bobbled and then got intercepted a pass that would have been a full field touchdown. So he would have had a huge game other if that didn't happen. So we know that the, the A dot is high. The targets are plentiful. Keep going back to Jamar Chase. I like Lockett and Metcalf, both in the 6K range against Houston. I think one of them is going to have a pretty big game against Houston. T. Higgins, 6,400 versus the Niners. His role has been so good. So many targets, uh, back-to-back smash weeks after just seeing a plethora of targets, but not quite having the massive fantasy points weeks. Now back-to-back elite weeks. Keep firing up Higgins. The role is really good. DJ Moore, 6,200 versus Atlanta. I mean, 10 targets this uh, week 12 before the bye. He's basically their offense. There's no McCaffrey gobbling up 10 targets uh, via dump-offs. It's also Cam Newton, who's not really as much of a check-down quarterback. I expect DJ Moore to feast against the Falcons' secondary. I like Elijah Moore, 5,900 versus the Saints. I, I mentioned this in a tweet at Larky tweets recently. I think, it, I think it was yesterday, kind of midday. I was just like, my goodness. And I thought, you know... If Elijah Moore had a young quarterback that we knew was really good that he could grow with, a la Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Mac Jones, if Elijah Moore had that, I think you could start to make a case that he he should be in the Dynasty wide receiver one conversation. Elijah Moore is just looking like Antonio Brown with no off-the-field issues. Just absolutely phenomenal talent. Brandon Ayuk, 5,800 at the Bengals. Debo's out again, then Ayuk could have a massive role. Kittle had the 40% target share this past week, but it could be an Ayuk week. It's a consolidated offense. Like to go back to him there. Uh, Beasley and Sanders in the 5K range, both good plays. Should be a lot of points in that Buffalo Buccaneers game. I like Nick Westbrook, Akine, Akine. 4,500 versus Jacksonville. Probably the lead guy there in that pass attack, but I mean, what are you going to do? Tannehill... Westbrook single stacks you're gonna double stack who's the double stack I don't know I think he's just a fine solo play at 4500 he should have uh six to eight targets in this game FanDuel Tyreek Hill's the most expensive 8700 versus Vegas Mike Evans is too cheap 7200 versus Buffalo what Godwin has a big game and they think ah Mike Evans drop his salary no no. Mike Evans 7200 versus Buffalo could have a huge game I believe Tredavious White he's either on I think he's on IR at this point. Pretty sure. So he won't be even be in this game. Good spot there for Evans. Jamar Chase also on FanDuel 7,200. Price comes down. I like Ayuk at 6,400 there. 5,800 on DraftKings. Good price on both platforms. Elijah Moore at 6,300 on FanDuel. And you want a really cheap FanDuel wide receiver? I like Gabe Davis, especially as a correlated punt play for a touchdown. He's 4,800. If you want to extra guy for your Buffalo double stacks could be Gabe Davis and even as a solo play at 4,800 I think he's viable here all right let's move on to tight end on DraftKings Kelsey's at the top 7,400 versus Vegas it's just a good week in general for an expensive tight end because we got Kelsey 7,400 Kittle 6,900 who broke remember Kittle just broke the slate first two touchdown game of his career good for Kittle Gronk 6k 
just too cheap there. And then Andrews, 5,900 at Cleveland. I think those four should be heavily in your rotation. Probably one of those guys is going to get you 20 or more fantasy points this week. Could be multiple. You want some punt plays? Sure. Whoever that Washington tight end is. Logan Thomas out for the season. Hurt his knee. Ricky Seals-Jones, 3,600. Uh, John Bates, 3K. Whoever looks like he's going to be the starter, I'd fire that guy up in DFS. One more name. Oh, this is... Talk, I always like to talk about when we get to the, the sexy parts of the show, ladies and gentlemen. We've got James O'Shaughnessy, 2,900. Six targets versus the Rams. Five targets the week before versus the Falcons. You're telling me you can get five to six targets out of a tight end at 2,900? People probably won't play James O'Shaughnessy because they're going to play the expensive tight ends or they're going to play a Washington tight end. On a PPR platform like DraftKings, O'Shaughnessy can get you 10 fantasy points at 2,900. Pretty easily. Play some O'Shaughnessy. FanDuel, Kelsey at the top, 7,500. Kittle, Gronk, Andrews hovering at 7K. Those are the good plays there. Let's move on to the defense special teams. Chargers at the top, 4,300 against the Giants. And what's Jake Fromm at quarterback? Chargers just going to dominate the Giants. We've got the Saints, 3,600 at the Jets. This could be painful for the Jets. We've got the Seahawks, 3,100 at Houston. The Seahawks, they're not the best defense, but it's such a slow-paced offense and... If you look, most of their games, fairly low totals. They get Davis Mills. Uh, probably going to play some Seahawks defense. And then I mentioned before, I think that Ravens-Browns game is going to be kind of a slog. And I like the Ravens at 2,800 and the Browns at 2,700. Kind of inexpensive defenses where this could just be a low-scoring, brutal affair. And it's in Cleveland. This is the time of year for some bad weather. Could be bad weather. I like those defenses. On FanDuel, 5K Saints versus the Jets are at the top. The one defense that also caught my eye on FanDuel. Kansas City Chiefs, 3,700 against Vegas. And uh, the, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is actually playing pretty well recently. Their past five opponents have all scored under 20 points against them. Wow. Chiefs defense uh, sneakily getting it done. They might get it done again here. All right. That will do it, folks. Let's get you out of here with a, a nice little larky hot take. And I mentioned kind of, I mean, I'm going to play a lot of these games that people are, they're really going to cluster, I believe, around that Buccaneers-Bills game and the Chiefs-Raiders game. I think those are going to be two that people cluster around. But don't fall asleep and skip playing Joe Burrow. He's the easiest double stack ever. Burrow, Chase Higgins, there you go. Week 13, Higgins, 14 targets, 32 fantasy points. And also in week 13, Jamar Chase had eight targets, and he would have had 25 fantasy points if he didn't bobble the easy house touchdown pass on his fly route. Burrow, he's $6,000. The Niners, 22nd in pass DVOA, but number two in rush defense. So the Niners have the second best rush defense in the NFL and the 11th worst pass defense. Add on to that mix, and he's banged up. I don't even know if he's going to play. He has a potential neck injury. They're going to be cautious with him. I think there's going to be a pass-heavier game script. Make sure to have Joe Burrow firmly in your DFS QB pool for Week 14. Uh, you want the hot take? Uh, uh, probably uh, low-owned Joe Burrow because everyone's going to cluster around those other games. Joe Burrow will take down some tournaments in DFS. Make sure you play Burrow, Chase, Higgins in Week 14.